G'day everyone and welcome into the first official episode of The Craft Doctors. Uh, I'm your host Stevie Fears and uh, congratulations to my long-running sidekick Jono uh, who welcomed his baby daughter to the world this week and that's why he won't be on the show this week. He's got fatherly duties to attend to. Uh, Ross, who you heard from uh, a couple of weeks ago, is also busy. He's got good beer week so uh, he's absolutely shickered staggering around Melbourne somewhere. But of course, we do have a guest. He needs no introduction. We don't piss around here at Craft Doctors. We go to the top of the tree. We get the man. He's the face of fantasy football in Australia. He's been doing it for well over a decade. Of course, I'm talking about our good mate, Warney. How are you? Hey, Stevie Fizz. How you doing, mate? I'm very well. How's things down in the uh, Apple Isle? Yeah, it's starting to get a bit cooler here, actually. So waking up in the mornings uh, to get the hose out and get the frost off the old uh, the Hilux that I had to buy for myself that's 2007, not because I can win one playing fantasy <laughs> footy. No. <laughs> Shit, the cash has gone crazy. Um, yeah, that's amazing. It's um, Yeah, the weather has certainly turned. Uh, so... What what are you drinking tonight? We we're gonna. This is kind of a funny one because we we sort of spoke <laughs> offline. We, we're getting people to bring on their favourite craft beer. Uh, you've gone with big beer. I have. It's probably a little bit of a sad thing to do. However, they um, are very connected to us because it's probably what fueled a lot of our work over the last. Uh, Decade and a half, um, but yeah, Bogues Draft, a green can of Bogues Draft, so bought a 30 can block the other day because I had a very simple friend around, so he drinks simple beer, so, but it's tried and true, it does the job, and yeah, it's good. Although we were talking about a very good, uh, a very good Tasmanian beer before, which Bogues is, of course, but one of our mates, uh, Shambles. If you want to head down to Hobart at any time, they've got a great venue down there. They, uh, brew uh, quite a bit of different, uh, different styles, but, um, their summer ale is a winner. And that's something that I, that's probably my go-to if I'm heading to the bottle shop, which you can only get in Tassie at the moment. I think their plan is to go nationally, but if you are in Tassie, get yourself some. And if you're down in Hobart, get to their venue. It's bloody good, good food and, um, Great beer. Does that sound like a good plug? Yeah, absolutely, man. I, hey, look, I, I, you don't have to sell me on Tasmania. I love coming down. Uh, best place. And and I had a look at the shambles. Obviously, I couldn't couldn't get any uh, online. But the tubes, Warney. Uh, love the five hundred mil can. The tall boys. It takes me back to being in grade nine and flogging the old mans and uh, out of the back of the ute that he'd have them there and the big classic tubes. And I'd always drink them warm as well. <laughs> I don't know how Bob did that, actually, to be honest. He had them in the back of his ute and he'd just grab one when he needed to. And, uh, yeah, anyway, they mother's milk. Yeah, absolutely. I'm on the uh, I'm on the Young Henry's Newtowner uh, Australian Parallel. It's it's quite nice. Uh, Roscoe did recommend it. Um it is a craft beer, bit. Um, it has that little bit of a tropical edge, but it's it's not real bitey and hoppy. Uh, very nice drop indeed. But uh, what what's what's what is your go to beer? Obviously, you got the Bogues there, but do you, do you have a go to or do you have a preferred style? I think I'm a bit of a pale ale man, but I don't mind getting. I've, XBAs has been something that I like trying different ones of. I suppose that's something that um, if I find something new in the bottle shop, that's often where I'll point to. But yeah, I'm a pretty simple human as well. So, um, but yeah, anything in the in the pale ale IPA type world, I'm pretty uh, happy with is what I'll get because as of getting older as well, I'm not drinking that much, and it's probably to drink two or three. 
for some entertainment and for some um, just for the taste of it rather than trying to drink well a fair chunk of that 30 can block that I bought <laughs> yeah yeah I know what you mean about the getting older I've had to give up the the wine it's just it just writes me off it's just too much uh, a couple of beers is... it's good for Twitter accounts though yes yeah, so I wouldn't know wouldn't know it's um, <laughs> something beyond the thing but it's an interesting thing you mentioned simple man simple tastes does that come across the the fantasy football and why AFL fantasy is is the go-to. <laughs> yeah, simple. And that's it. I think that's why we keep banging on about a lot of the, um, any changes to fantasy or whatever. We like the simplicity of it. Um, bring back the fixed lockout, for example, oh, because please. I like putting my feet up on a Friday night and just rolling with it and letting whatever happen, happen. That's um, the thing. But I'm not sure if we're coming back from that anymore for like the fantasy classic side of things. Like I'm okay with it in draft, although my preferred option is the Saturday lockout. I think that's a nice sort of happy medium. You can wake up hungover on a Saturday morning and fix any mistakes that you need to before the lockout. But yeah, I think going to that simple thing, I think that's what we do like about um the way we play our fantasy footy, whether that's in the salary cap game or in the draft game, we do keep it pretty simple to make it easy for simple humans like me and probably um, more specifically my mates, including Calvin. He's a simple, <laughs> simple human. Yeah, so, so what is what is your home league? Like, I, I know you're playing a lot of leagues and, and you're probably across all the all the platforms. Is your home league salary? Is it draft? Is it What, what would you call it? And what's what's the setup? Yeah, so home, home league, well, it was, um, salary back in the day, but we don't even sort of care about that at, for any look of matchups or anything like that, apart from probably when, um, Calvin, Roy or I play against each other, because it makes it easy for us to follow our salary cap game when you actually are playing each other in a league, but it's 100% our, um, our draft league, which is just our single season draft league. So our Bacon Cup, which has um, been going for, oh, geez, we must be hitting, must have been our first official year was 2013. So coming up to the decade, this must be season 10 then of that one. So, um, yeah, that's, that's our main one because it turns into the event that drafts are. It's the one that we talk to each other about. It's the one that we follow the most. Um, and, yeah, I think as we try to build it, we see what a lot of other people do with their leagues and we try to do the same things as well. So that's sort of evolved from we thought, A, we better have a good draft league going on. Um, and we, I think we still started with quite a few. I think we still had a 12 man league. So, um, and that got out as far as a 16 at one stage. It's at a 14 at the moment, which is too many. Like 12's a, 12's an okay number. I, I like 10 a lot more though. I think 10 in my head works really well. I think, um, for the content side of things, it's good because I like to think of, tens in decimal and rounds and all that sort of stuff. The math teacher in me comes out in that as well. But um, yeah, just anywhere that 10 to 12 is a nice number, but we're at 14. So, but the positive thing about that is that it's more mates and the group chat is bigger and it's, and what it's about is actually it's turned into that thing where it's our excuse to chat to each other all the time. So anything from um, if I've got a match up against my mate in Queensland, that's the time to jump on the phone and have a chat to him and um, all of that. But you know, you get a few, um, your group chat's going, so you feel like you're you're staying connected all the time, and um, and draft allows you to do that, especially when it comes to you know trade offers and things like that, and and I think as well because league matchups feel closer because of that's how draft works a lot of the time. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you hit the nail on the head. The, the group chats do fire up. How active is your league, and and how's your team sitting? Like, is there many trades get across? We know. Um, People love talking about trades. Have you got any across the line and, and how are you going? 
Yeah, we are very inactive in trading. And I think anytime Roy Calvin and I do an offer or someone tries to approach us with one, we're either getting massively, massively lowballed, um, or when we put one out there, they think they're getting lowballed because of what we're, um, because we're experts apparently. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> that's an issue. So we have a few trades probably once every, um, Jeez, once every three weeks, maybe there might be a trade that goes across the line, but it's pretty light on. Um, I think where we've got our league, so we've got um, with fourteen coaches, and that's what does make it hard. So we go the three, four, one, three. Um, we've got six on the pine, so that's been um, a bit of a change this year, mainly sort of COVID. Yeah. Um, it sort of brought that about, and I think it's been a nice number because there's still heaps of um, waiver wire action going, so there's plenty of players being dropped. Um, I think a part of that is because of forwards and how putrid they are, so you're trying to chase some stuff there. But, um, yeah, so it's active in that sense, so um, everyone's on it. Everyone's always trying to do some... Um, do some work on the on the free agents, but yeah, probably not as active as some leagues are with with their um, trading. But I think for me as well, like I don't know, I'm just such a stubborn old man that I want to back <laughs> in the shit calls that I've made. I think that's the issue with me. So, um, and that comes across in a lot of forms of fantasy for me. Yeah, I hundred percent agree. I I um I got Taran Thomas across the board this year, and I've just. Yeah. He's like our home league super coach. He's averaging 55. And it's like, I just, you can't have it on field. So, but it's taken until now to actually make the move. And it, and I still didn't want to do it. So I know exactly what you mean. Just for the listeners, um, I actually pulled a trade off this week, which is like my first trade in three years. So, um, I got Adam Trelaw for, uh, Redden and Goldie. So time will tell if that works out. But yeah, nice. I was pretty keen to get rid of. Uh, Redden and Goldie, I just don't trust that North Melbourne setup at all. No, it's it's a tough one. Yeah, so I guess that's the thing with um, any of those moves like that. You're just going to obviously have to see where where it can go to, and it's a bit of a punt. That's what any trade's going to be like, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I also just like reducing the guys. Like I, I didn't feel like I could drop either of those guys, and I always like heading into the because we play the buys. I like having more flexibility. So it's like if I'm not married to a player, say I pick up Jackson Haley off the waiver wire, well, I can drop him when it's his buy. I don't worry about that. When it's red and he's been scoring well for me, I'm like, uh, do I want to? Um, and it might be the difference between winning a, a matchup in the buys. Um, so uh, with the Bacon Cup, man, like that draft setup, holy shit, what was it like? Barn Boogle and... yeah. She was a big weekend, so we decided this year that we'd actually go and make it a weekend. We'd, uh, for actually since its inception, we'd always go to a pub or to one of our houses and actually have a day. Like it was always a big day or whatever. We thought, again, old man, we've got to have excuses to get out of the house and that sort of thing. And so we thought we'd make a whole weekend of it. So on the northeast coast of Tassie, a town called Bridport's where I grew up, actually, that's where Bamboogle is. So, um, very famous golf course for anyone that's in the, uh, the world of golf. Probably been going about 10 years or so, I reckon. And it's just a beautiful links course right on the water. Um, 
but he you lose at least thirty balls for per eighteen rounds uh, per per eighteen holes for me. So um, anyway, it's um it's a great place to play, but we that's not even any reason why we went there. That was just a nice little bonus, to be honest. Halfway through, because we sank a fair bit of piss the night before we played that, <laughs> we thought this was a fucking stupid idea to go and do this. And we're playing like they they've got a third course that they've only just recently opened up, which is like a par three heaven. Yep. So it was like we thought we don't have to go too far, but didn't really change how many balls I lost or anything like that. So anyway, so um, yeah, so that weekend we sort of went down Friday night after work and um, got this pretty epic Airbnb. Uh, 12 of, I think it must have been 12 of the 14 of us were there. So that made it pretty cool to have um, to have that many there, um, just basically all staying together, sink and piss um, and talking shit, which we don't get to do like we used to. So um that was, yeah, Friday night. Roy did his uh, draft order. His idea this year was a good one. So our winner, basically our winner, has to come up with um, the draft order for the next year. That's part of their job. So Roy won last year, and we also put on to him to organise the trip as well. So yeah. it's actually you don't want to win the bloody thing because <laughs> organising 12 blokes to go away is a bit of a disaster at times. But he had the uh, the old lose handball. So he got everyone to oh. um, basically reverse reverse ladder order do a draft um so you he gave us the list of the 14 names and whoever finished last last season was able to get pick one we had no idea what we were doing it for we just all these random names like ex players yeah. were most of them um so he grabbed them and then they ended up being a contestant in lose handball um so then we watched them on the screen out on cuz this is how nice this airbnb was we had sort of a a big tv out on the deck um and so Roy's plugged all those through his laptop and connected it to the old HDMI cord and we're just watching this and so we're watching like, um, you know, Daniel Harford, for example, up against Steve Johnson in an old lose handball and whoever your player was, you got the points. So he, he did a bit of research. He did well because he had to find 14 players who yeah. got different scores throughout it. So then that became the draft order, which wow. was pretty fun. So that was a good way to start it. And I think that event type thing yeah. makes it a lot of fun with your draft that we're just there because we're all, all pretty pissed at this point and that's thanks to our shambles so Adrian the legend down there he brought up a couple of barrels for us and um yeah we knocked off pretty much a barrel and a half on the first night so it was a <laughs> we were pretty messy then so that's why Barnbooga wasn't as uh, successful as what it should have been and as exciting as it could have been for us that next day that's that's a fucking great idea I've got to be honest that's that's really good the, the loose yeah, well, the good thing was we're all we're all just watching it, like you know, it's just sitting around, sinking your piss, and just watching when it's your player up. You're looking at it, and you. I remember, um, see, James Brayshaw was one on there on the list, and because we, we're trying to work out what the connection yep. of these players in our group chat, yeah, like James Brayshaw, all these older players, and just couldn't work it out. We're thinking, oh, was there an almost? Oh, uh, what's it called? The um, the old EJ Witten Legends yeah, game. Sure. We thought, oh, it's something from that as. Did Roy find stats from that? Were we looking at fantasy points from that or something like that? And then, yeah, so then to have this idea, it was great because none of us had any idea until he plugged it in and started it. So it was good fun. And this was actually what, um, Roy did. Roy's very good at, um, chatting to, um, chatting to different people. So I'd hate to see what his DMs look like because he slides into quite a few. (laughs) He, um, all football players or whatever, but, um, no, uh, I don't know. There could be some others there too because he's a good looking man, but he, um, he got, well, basically a four pigs. So he got them to send us a message each day. So I think it started, uh, let's say it started with Tom Mitchell. Yeah. So Roy got a little video from him, sort of, you know, welcome to the bacon cup for this year, boys, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is going on. Um, then a Brody Grundy one and then, um, 
Tom, uh, Tom Rockliffe was fantastic. He dressed up in his pig suit for oh, it, so this little video, and uh, sent, a, sent us a message with quite a few expletives, um, pretty much saying why the fuck was he not invited to this <laughs> trip away because he's the reason we play fantasy footy, he reckons. So, and then the Dane Swan one was the one to finish. So Roy showed that just before and then he, um, yeah, announced, yep, it's Lou's handball and here we go. So that was just made it a lot of fun when people go to that effort for those sorts of things. And I yeah. see a lot of draft leagues around that do that sort of thing. Like we've, we've even popped our heads in to welcome people to their draft league and yeah. give a few little two cents worth, you know, sledge someone and all that sort of thing. And those sorts of things are really fun. I think it makes, makes what it's all about. Like it's at the end of the day, it's, it's a thing to bond your mates with and, um, and those sorts of things just add to it, and we, you know, talk well, talk about it now. But we'll talk about that with our mates and go, yeah, that was bloody funny, or this is what happened. And those draft, um, the draft orders, another one like that, because we've had quite a few over the years, which are talking points. You know, the the whole um, we got one of our mates who's a, you know, must be close to scratch, I think, on um, playing golf and on a par three. So nearest to the pin was one of those. And yep. um, what else we done? The duck race down the river. So, you yep. know, that's being live streamed. So we're all tuning into that sort of stuff. All those sorts of things are just fun because it adds to another event. Even one of the early ones was just, we all got to the pub on an afternoon and we got a horse and yep. watching that just made it another excuse for us to have three hours on the piss to watch a two-minute horse race to talk about fantasy footy. Yeah, and that, yeah, you hit the nail on the head, man. It's just, it's all about the boys talking, well, and girls and, and talking shit, really. So, yep, exactly. that's unbelievable. Keeps us together. How's the swag just being able to pull in celebrity footballers to, uh, oh, to the message? <laughs> that's the thing. Roy, Roy's very good at what he does with that sort of stuff. When he, um, when he does talk on our podcast about sources, they're actually real because he does just try to hunt information and let alone that sort of thing to get those boys to get four of those big names there to, to go, yep, talk about bacon cup. It's pretty bloody cool. Yeah. Unbelievable. So what, what goes into, like you guys are obviously at the apex of uh fantasy football and, and you know, obviously the one of the biggest probably the biggest fantasy show going around. What what goes into a good podcast? Um and and what's been the key to, to being so uh popular and good for so long? Uh I think well, our key, I won't say any of those things, how good we are or anything like that, because I think we've still got a lot to learn and um we just make it up as we've gone. But I think our absolute key thing is that we are three best mates that um have lived the life together. So even when we started our DT talk back in uh two thousand seven was the first time we did something. We were living in a share house together and um it was it was born out of the fact that we just talked fantasy footy all the time and um, one of our mates started a blog so we thought we'd whack a little YouTube video together and put it on there and it was just purely us cringe fucking worthy watching it back now and that's why it's not available for anyone to watch those uh, early episodes or anything like that that we did on YouTube but um, I think yeah it's just that fact that we've lived a life together and you know, I don't know, it's all cliche, we've loved, we've fought, we've done all of that and um, all that sort of thing and I think that's where we've got to and and in saying that too, we just, I think we've just sort of worked out what, what works for content and um, when it comes to the podcast side of things, we've all almost got our little bit of personality or character that is probably amplified a little bit as it goes through, maybe, um, yeah, Calvin, he is a drunken bum but he sounds even more like a drunken bum on the podcast, I guess. I'm the nerd a little bit, but, um, and probably the one that takes it too seriously, but then doesn't freaking 
do right things because I'm <laughs> shit at doing the game and all that. But I think that's a, a big part of what um, what we're about is that we've kind of worked out what works for us. Um, not that it's any of it's been deliberate. It's just sort of flowed in that way. And, and in our day jobs being teachers, I think a big part of what we do is is put on a show with sort of actors as such and um, that's almost what it's like. We just We just put on a show in front of the kids and instead we're doing this on a podcast. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, by the way, listeners, those videos are available on YouTube. You absolutely can. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's kind of fun because I remember doing film school and it's like you just run around, shoot stuff, have a blast. It's funny. Uh, you know, we thought it was funny. It is anyway. funny though. Like that's, <laughs> and if you're in the moment and like that would have been completely different to anything else anyone was doing, you, it's, I mean, it's great. And it's like, what, what's, like doing that, I think doing that sort of stuff with your mates is, is super fun, or at least I had a great time doing it at the time. How has it felt? Like the content's obviously changed completely. What's, is that good or is it bad? Pros, cons? Uh, so the content's changed. Like I guess we had more time. That was probably the biggest thing. And, and that was before we were even making a buck out. It was costing us money doing stuff because we just did it as fun. You know, definitely pre-kids, um, even kind of pre-girls. Like we probably weren't, you know, living with girls or anything at that point. It was still just, um, being boys. But, um, yeah, that was probably the thing. Obviously with the AFL stuff, we, have to be a little bit safer with yeah. what content we're doing. That's one thing. But if we had our time, like if we had the time to do stuff, um, it'd be fun to do the more skit-based stuff that we did. But I don't know, is the audience like that now? Yeah. Things evolve, I guess, um, where the content's evolved to. We sort of have our... Um, not so much that we get told what to do or anything. I think we just try to tick the boxes of what the, the main things are and what we can fit in. So, and we've kind of got ourselves into a routine which works with our lifestyles now. The fact that we've got kids and, yeah. you know, work is kind of important apparently and all that sort of yeah. stuff in there as well. But like you just, yeah, it's, it's just content that works, I suppose, is the, is the thing. And it, and it ticks the boxes for what we believe the AFL want. Like we, we don't, yeah, they don't really give us a lot of direction of what they want, to be honest. We sort of go, would this work? Yep. They tick it off and go, yep, that's cool. And we just are left to our own devices to do it. So we don't get a lot of support in the sense of, um, yeah, they're going, right, this is what we want or how it needs to be done or anything like that. They just pretty much let us go. And I think we, we do play it safe, I suppose. Yeah. It's not, um, it's not normal. Uh, you know, drinking these green cans like we used to and all that sort of stuff as well. And then, you know, we are told a few things to do when it comes to sponsorship type stuff or whatever like that and, and ticking the boxes of those sorts of things. But, um, I still think what's good about it is that we can still have our personalities in it. I think that's probably the key part to it. Going back to why it's successful is that we are still, um, blokes that sit at the bar and talk some shit about fantasy footy. That's what it's about. It's not sort of, we're not fed lines to say and we, and it's hopefully what other conversations people are having with their mates wherever they are. Yeah, so it's just you, you, you're kind of free, but you know there's parameters, I guess you'd say. I think it's just us being yeah. bloody old men now, just going, <laughs> yeah, this is this is probably how it should be done and just being smart about it. Sometimes I have to rain Calvin in with some of the things he says, uh, which is funny. Like I think, oh, but we've never – we actually haven't ever been – um, called out on anything, whether, you know, you, not that we care too much about swearing, but we just don't do yeah. it because, you know, you just don't need to as such. Um, but yeah, some, some risque 
double entendre type stuff yeah. could be a bit yeah, of an yeah. issue at times. But yeah, it's but nothing's ever been called out on that. Yeah. So what what would you say? I always think it's an interesting thing. Your your ability as a fantasy football player versus your ability as a content creator. Because I've heard some uh, <laughs> shows where maybe they're, they're really good players, but it's a bit dry. Uh, other shows where they're trying to really push the content um, maybe as a jokey matey thing. Maybe it goes too far. What, what's, what's your take on how good do you need to be at fantasy versus how good do you need to be at actually producing decent content with like a structure and consistency, I guess, is probably the main thing. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Like, I think that, um, I guess, firstly, we know what we're doing is the thing. Like, some people call us out and reckon we don't know what we're doing, yeah. but we do. You don't always hit everything. And then, I guess, the content almost is number one for me with how that's coming out. Like, I still want to be successful. I think that's part of it. It's part of the ego. Everyone's got an ego. If you're playing fantasy footy, you you want to be the best. You want to try to beat your mates. You don't want to suck at it. And um, But then that can be some of the best content that comes out of it as well, which is always almost with our trio that one of us usually has a pretty shitty year and so it becomes the butt of the jokes and then, you know, I've got someone like Jake Bowie in my team and who sucks and so therefore that is a, a through line for the year of how that is. But, um, yeah, like I think it's important that you need to be able to present it well. Like some things are great content but it's hard to engage with. Yeah. Um, I think, I hope or I, I think we've got a pretty good happy medium between them and some people outgrow us, some people want that hardcore knowledge and stat that sort of information that's absolutely fine um but for me i think we try to i guess hit that hit hit a bigger group of people i think that's what it is that sort of entertainment with um with hopefully enough thought-provoking stuff that can go in there to to make oh yeah that's a interesting discussion and i guess a lot of our stuff might be or our content could end up being quite vanilla because it um is what it is what it is. We're talking about kind of the obvious issues or the obvious things and the obvious players. Um, we might find some little diamonds in the rough that come out there, but I think that's sort of changed a fair bit over the last few years anyway of the game is that there is so much content yeah. that nothing's a secret. And even it's probably a detriment to our game. And if we're talking the salary cap type thing is that a lot of players will be popular probably because of our content that we've done. If we're putting this out um, on the AFL website from December when we sort of start our stuff, like there's not really that that real diamond in the rough and that can be to our detriment because we sort of back in our thoughts yeah. and someone goes at something different, that's where they can get that leg up and that often happens. So that's why we're probably not really going to be in the running at any stage because of that because we do just go that vanilla route because in a sense we've kind of made it vanilla. Yeah, it's interesting. You, you, like you guys, obviously talking to the to a huge audience, uh, and you have to make that information accessible to you know someone who's playing it for the first time versus someone yeah, who's right. playing it, ten leagues and and you in your draft leagues, like your home league. I'm sure if well, it'd be silly not to, but your mates that you're playing against, they're looking at your content and seeing who you're hot on and yeah. those sorts of things, which makes it hard for you to go and grab that. Oh yeah, we're talking about this sleeper here, not a sleeper in your league because you've been talking about it. Oh, you'd be surprised. The hard one was the trade article when I used to write the deals article because everyone knew oh, yeah, who yeah. I was trying to sell. Yeah. So yeah. it was great to get that 
off off my hands at some point. Yeah, if like, yeah, <laughs> I might get a few few deals done. But what what would you, what advice would you give someone starting out a podcast? Like say someone, oh, you know, me and my mates are going to start a show, or maybe someone wants to start a show on their own, sort of thing. I guess um, you could find a point of difference, like Dossie. Um, but no, I think what you could try to do is, um, yeah, find that bit of a point of difference, see what it is. But but get a bit of a an idea of what you want it to be. So like, don't just go and copy the tried and true method. You know, like what everyone's done. Like try to find something a little bit different. But in saying that, having a good structure of it is really important. I think that allows. When I listen to podcasts, I like to know almost what's coming up or what the sort yeah. of structure of the show is. That's always a nice thing. And, and I guess, but just then trying to keep it as real as possible. Um, that's where some podcasts struggle a little bit. If they're just almost reading their informational stats, you've got <laughs> to keep it nice and, um, nice and well, have that rapport with you. What do you call them? Podcastees? The listeners. Fellow podcasters. Oh no, well you, you fellow podcasters then. Oh, the that po- would be the thing. Like you've, you've got to have that with your co-hosts. And, oh, shit, yeah. and you've got to have that banter. Like you guys have it perfectly. And you know, everyone's got their little almost role in the group and, yeah. and the ongoing different banter type stuff. Like that's fun. And that sits all in the middle of what they're all about. And I think, but you don't need to try too hard for it. They evolve, like all of that evolves over time. And see, that's where I've well followed you guys right from the start, and that's been great with you and Jono. You've got states in there, Cam's his own little beast in oh. himself. Like it's it just <laughs> it just works so perfectly though. And I think that um, the way you've been able to bounce between each other, um, you don't need the whole crew on each time it works all it works really well which i think i feel like we struggle when one of us is away um and i think that's a that's a real different thing i think the bonus for us too is that we do sit in a room together and that's something that um i think there's not probably many podcasts in the world anymore where people actually really get to do that and so i think that's been one of our our bonuses so like in 2020 when we had to do some of those iso pods like I found that really difficult yeah. because we're sort of looking at each other through a screen like we are now. But being able to be in a in a room together is a massive bonus for us. So if that's part of what you're doing, if you're starting out and you can do that, it's a good way to make it happen because you get to know each other and you can have a night on the piss and you work out work out each other a little bit as well. I think um, what you said first off is something that resonates with me in having a point of difference. Is I, I don't see the point of starting. Like, say you want to talk about Supercoach. Personally, I actually don't understand why you would bother starting a Supercoach show mm-hmm. right now because if you type in Supercoach in Twitter, not only is there like 20 shows already going that are established, there's a graveyard of like 100 shows that are lasted five minutes. But it's like, say you wanted to do um, a, a, like a specific team release show. Like someone was tweeting, why isn't there a team release show aside from your guys? Or... Uh, just finding that point of difference. I think once mm. once we did the the center bounce stuff, well, the next year there was like five Twitter accounts dedicated to it, as well as the yeah. AFL doing it. It's like, well, guys, you could have just thought of something, compl- like you, you know, separate yourself like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have you seen that Jaden Popowski? Pop- oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking yeah. great Twitter account. 
it's awesome. It's so good. That's so great to follow. He's a smart dude. Like, I wish I had these nerd skills. <laughs> I'd love to be able to create content like that, but it's freaking awesome. Like, that's cool. And it's, and it's not even a, to a formula either. Like, yeah. he, he's doing different stuff. Like, there's different things coming out. He probably gets a bit of an idea in his head and runs with it. And it's great. Like, that's fantastic stuff. Yeah. It's, it's brilliant. I think people would want more of that rather than my opinion on steel side bottom. You know, it's um. Anyway, I like that, and I thought it was good. Um, one thing people always ask, and I had a question about this in the DMs last week. I've been doing a podcast for a little while. How do I turn it into money? Um, <laughs> we're seeing the rise of the Patreons and, and this sort of thing, and I think we've spoken about it um, in private in the past. But what what's your sort of thought on that? Um, and also sponsors, because you, you obviously deal with a few sponsors. Is there any sponsors you? Maybe you don't want to do, or you turn down, um, and, and your thoughts on paid paid content as well. I guess we've been doing stuff almost when it became available to us from the start. Like even the sense of our first early um, early stuff is that we started getting cartons of bogues delivered to us, so it would almost be that not paid, obviously just delivered to us to um, have product placement when we were yeah. doing our stuff. So probably two or three years into it, and we're going, fucking hell, this is awesome. Yeah. Like just getting <laughs> free beer and we're quite happy to do that. But yeah, it's interesting. We started getting paid for a couple of different things um, probably early 2010. So um, through the like super coach and dream team back then they had their assistant coach feature things. Um, we were writing content for both of those. So, um, that was basically through virtual sports who were making the games and, um, that's sort of where that was. And I guess it was nice to be getting some money for effort. Um, and then I guess we have never really chased it as such apart from when we got approached to, um, sort of pitch to the AFL, which is almost, that's basically how it happened. They kept on getting, um, I guess feedback that they should be getting us to do their content rather than journos doing it or, um, you know, paying an ex footballer to talk lines that he's been yeah. fed and that sort of thing. So, um, that was where and we probably like when they said, Oh, tell us how much to do this sort of content it would be for us. And we got, Oh yeah, that'd be this sort of time for us. That'd be all right. And probably low board yep. ourselves ridiculously, yeah. which is now 10 years on still way unders because we're like, going, we went stupid there thinking, Oh yeah, I'll do that for whatever cost it was. And um, they would have just laughed at us, but they've gone, yep, we'll sign you yep. up. You're <laughs> on. But uh, yeah, so um, yeah, it would have been nice back then to, know some things that we knew now or or had yeah. someone almost in our corner to go yeah boys probably put an extra two zeros on the end yeah. of that and you might be um like a normal human in the uh, industry but anyway it's um but yeah i guess it's when it going back to sort of the the patreon thing like we've sort of thrown it up because that's the other side we feel like there's a few people out there making a lot more money than us sort of feel like we work pretty bloody hard and um not only just work hard on what we've done, but we've also done our time as well. You know, this is year 16 of us creating yeah. content, which is a bloody long time. And, um, and yeah, I'm still teaching four days a week where you know, yeah. some people are out there not having to work or, um, around this sort of area, which is an interest. It's great for them, but we've sort of said like, do we look at doing a Patreon type yeah. thing just to do that? Because people crave content and at the moment we're not sort of getting paid what we could be to create more content for the AFL and because we don't have the time because we have to work a real job and all that sort of stuff. And that would be 
a thing that we go, well, if we could do an extra podcast, it could be a Patreon type thing. It could be a cool thing. Like we've got, we've got a lot of ideas because there's so much scope with content for fantasy. We were talking before about basically we could do something every day. Like there would be something that you could actually put out there every day and people would love it, um, and consume it, which is probably more to the point. So, um, you know, I've, I've got a bit of a dream of a, a Sunday night show, which is that sort of live when, um, the round's finished, you're waiting sort of your lockout to lift. It's everyone's sort of fantasy community is probably at one of its most engaged at that point. And there's just nothing out there. Like yeah. not even, you know, if you've got your bounce on Fox footy or whatever, it's, but there's not really anything that, um, that grabs the footy fan at that point. And I think the fantasy community is one that is engaged and have a bit of, you know, radio talk back type thing and, yeah. and, just chew the fat over it like that sort of stuff could work really well i think that's interesting because that's that's literally when we're recording yeah and yeah, it's yeah. um everyone's cooked that's the funniest thing like we are just yeah, dead yeah. and it's like man we got to do this shit and um <laughs> anyway no i totally get that too and that's the thing like i think the season is so long like and that's something that um as much as I love my footy, you sort of get to a bit of a point where, you know, these buy rounds, as much as for fantasy sake, I wouldn't, I'd love a week off, but I think the whole community and industry would actually really do pretty well with a week off in the middle of the season because it's, it is such a long season with what we get through and we get to, I don't know, that round sort of 14, 15, 16. I think a lot of people hit the wall there. Yeah, well, I mean, you probably find your numbers would be similar to us. Like, once you get the bot, like, your, your numbers obviously biggest in the preseason. They sort yeah. of hold through to the buy rounds and then they just, like, really yep. start to... Yeah, and that's something, like, with the Fantasy Classic, like, that sort of changed a little bit because of the rules. I think we have longer engagement than it's ever been since they've had the two trades per week and yeah. um, much to the ire of all the real uh, hardcore fans. But, um, but it has kept people engaged. So that's a positive in that sense. But yeah, like it, people drop off. Yeah. And I think it'd be interesting to see what that's like for just footy in general. People sort of switch off and then get back on a month out from fi- a month out from final sort of thing. Well, apparently everyone's dropped off as it is. <laughs> yeah, well, not going to games, are they? But no, I'm sure, I don't know, I reckon sometimes that sort of stuff, geez, that gets blown up a bit, I reckon, about how that goes. It's just a, another talking point in the media as such for those sorts of things. But I don't know, it's, Things are harder. Like this is 2022. Like we're in a position in our, in our world or whatever at the moment that it's harder to get to the footy. Like you just, it costs money. Yeah. You, it's easy to do stuff at home. We do have a good product to watch at home on TV when it's not on channel seven with BT, but you know, that's people um, hate BT. I love it. I reckon it's amazing. Uh, no, I love it too. I think it's, I don't know. I just think idiot. Yeah. I just think it's absolutely fine. I think, um, people get a little bit worked up about what footy commentary is to be honest like at the end of the day it's just talking it's like the, talking over the top of it's footy. like the crowd yeah. numbers it's like who, who gives a shit like people go they don't go it's like membership numbers i never understand the war on membership numbers yeah so who, it's who weird cares? it's it's like you're not better than us because you have more fans it's bizarre anyway they're all a bloody false economy because we um we kept getting rolled over into being your Gold Coast Suns bloody members. So we've had a Roy and Calvin before. We got do you know we've got hundred and fifty dollars worth of credit to spend at the Sun store? <laughs> what are we fucking buying? What are we gonna buy? You could get um anyway. yeah like two what's that 
like the training jerseys of like the absolute scrubber players. You get two of them. Yeah, yeah. Of them. <laughs> yeah no. Oh, they've got they've got some nice merch there because um you can get some personalized stuff. So there's like um even pillowcases with your name on it <laughs> with all the sun stuff. I'm thinking I might get that for Calvin and stick it in his uh in his secret Santa for the year. Yeah, that's very nice. I like that. Just you know, don't forget me at Christmas morning. Um yeah, well, proud, passionate, proud, passionate, paid-up Suns member, and you are at the front of the cheer squad, I reckon, with your pom poms out there and singing the. Mate, I was in Ballarat last week. I didn't go. I know. I was disappointed in you for that. When I heard that on the podcast, I thought, "Geez, the the close. You should be there cheering them on." I did think about it, but um, I I don't like going to. I'm not a live event person. Yeah. So, anyway, I can tell that. Anyway, that comes across very much, Steve, when we do listen to you because we know you don't like people. That's true, especially new listeners. I can't believe that bit. There's some bits I know why that bit works, <laughs> but I was surprised at how well people liked it. It's um, no, good. It's a very it's an old comedy thing. Anyway, um, the, speaking of crowds being down, crowds are up, Warney. The live shows you've sold, yeah, far holy out. Holy shit, that must be amazing. Ridiculous, really. Uh, yeah, it's funny, like, cause we just go, well, I think the other thing is going, fuck, we better actually do something that's good now, <laughs> now that people are wanting to come along. So, no, but it's awesome. And I, I think it's a bit of an appetite of what, um, people want at the moment. Like, it's probably craving that sort of fun to have, because I think that's what we hopefully will offer a bit of. It'll be a bit of fun. And we haven't been able to do anything for three years. So that's a, that's a positive in general. That's not just about us being able to do anything, but people are pretty keen to get out. Yeah. And, and it's a good community, the fantasy footy community. Like people, so many people I know that have met each other, um, through fantasy and they've met each other for the first time when we've done an event of some description. Um, I don't know if you remember right back in the day, um, when Monty and Molly had their, um, podcast on fan uh-huh. footy. So they, they did that, like, they were real OG because they were doing that, like, 06, 07. Yeah. And so we did, like, a, a meet up in Richmond, sort of, kind of in our first year, I think it was. And they met for the first time. They'd been doing a podcast for a couple of years and they met for the first oh, time. Oh, really? We were like, on far out. It was amazing to, uh, think that that's sort of how it's done. But that's what it is for a lot of people. There's so many people that, would chat to each other every day because of fantasy footy, but have possibly never met. And then you get that opportunity like it, you know, when we have a, a live show type thing, you're, you're chatting to these people that you've probably interacted with on social media for years. And yeah, that's what's fun about it too. Yeah, I'm trying to think when we met Doss, because I reckon we'd been doing the show with him before we met him. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that's interesting, man. Anyway, congratulations. That's um. And then you sacked him. Oh, man. I wish. That was um, that was a tough time. That was that was that put me in a really tough spot. That that was not my funnest moment on the show. That was. Uh, we'll move past That's that. All right. we'll Doss is Doss is kicking a lot of goals now. He's kicking more goals than we are. He's got. Uh, he's producing more content than anyone out there. Oh, good the for moment. him, man. Good for him. He's a uh, he's a good man. Yeah, he is. He is. A- anyway, Warnie, uh, I really appreciate you jumping on and um, talking bokes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, good old craft. Well, if you actually saw the river that this came out of, um, you'd probably be going, yep, yeah, no, that has craft written all over it because it's it's not the prettiest stuff that uh, Bogues Draft does come out of, but it tastes good and it's uh, kept me going for about 40 years now. Is that like one of the, is that like the Cascade Draft where it's like the special Tasmanian blend that doesn't leave the island or? 
Is that just one of the? <laughs> yeah. Oh well, it's actually because it's just around the corner from me, and it's great when they're brewing. Like you can smell it. That the smell of a brewery is so good. But it's a bit like that. I, I think that all of it does get brewed here and shipped from here. I don't think they actually do it anywhere else. So um, yeah. So what you get is the perfect stuff, and the uh, from the pure waters of Tasmania, as they call it. So oh, it's just a, there, there's another YouTube the, thing to go and throw find. Back to the ad. <laughs> Warnie's ad. Yeah, yeah. Go on. Yeah, no, nah, that was that was a good payday. That one actually, I made more money out of that than fantasy footy doing an ad <laughs> for the bloody thing. Eh? Funny story from that was we, um, so I had an agent from that. So somehow, like, basically, we got signed up for being in a pub one day, and they said, "Oh, I'll come and do this." And I think I got paid like five grand or something for like two days work, yeah. like basically to throw a canoe in the water. And then I kept getting these things. Oh, we're now going to use this ad. It wasn't in your contract uh, at the F one. Um, we'll give you an extra twelve hundred dollars for yeah. that. I wouldn't have had a fucking clue if yeah. that was on at the F1 or not. Those sorts of things. The little gift that kept on giving it was brilliant. Wow. you got to give up teaching, man. and <laughs> Just become just an, actor be an actor in ads. Far out, it'd be good. I've got, I've got a very good face for it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> the David Foster story starring Warney. I'd love to. Yeah. <laughs> that could be next. Uh, absolutely. Thanks for jumping on, mate. It's always a pleasure to have a chat. We haven't had a chat for a while, so it's uh, nice to catch up and have you here. On the Craft Doctors, thanks for tuning in, everyone.